Welcome to the Amherst Wesleyan Church Sermon Podcast. Hello everyone. Here we are online. Uh, We are doing some things in person, but I'm glad that you are able to join in this way um, that we can learn together. Hosea has given us some pretty incredible challenges so far, hasn't it? Some pretty clear instructions about how to refresh. And I love that title that Evan has given this series. It really captures what is going on here, what God is calling the Israelites to do through Hosea and us, what he is calling us to do. Let's just take a minute to pray. Father God, we thank you. We thank you for your word. We thank you that there is no part of your word that is not for us. It is all for us and there is so much for us to learn. Today, as we dig into your word, I pray it would be your message. Lord, this this message is a strong one. It's not mine, it's yours. I pray that you would help each one of us. That as we hear this, that we would, through your spirit, be willing and able to dig in and do what it is calling us to do. Hold us in this. Hold our minds. Hold our hearts. That we may engage you in the way that we should. In Jesus' name, amen. So we're continuing in Hosea. We're going to be in chapter 10. And we'll get there in just a little bit. But I'm wondering if any of you are like me. Have you ever started a project and you were just so excited about it? Like you're all revved up. It was something really cool that you saw finished and you went, oh, that doesn't look so hard. Oh, you just, yeah, you just do this and you do that and and so on and so forth. Or maybe you saw a DIY show and went, ah, I'd love to do that in my house. And so you look at it and you go, yeah, yeah, I could do that. I could do that for sure. Or maybe it's a project and you've seen a video online, a YouTube video, right? Whether it's about repairing something in your house or maybe it's something with your car like changing a headlight. And it doesn't look that complicated, right? It gives you all of these steps. One, two, three, four. And then you think to yourself, perfect. Like, yeah, this this isn't too hard. Yeah, I can do this. Or maybe someone who's an expert in that field, well-meaning, and I'm not saying they're being mean about it, but because they have so much skill, it doesn't seem that difficult. And so they say, yeah, all you got to do is X, Y, and Z. Yeah, that's it. It's easy. And so we go off and 
we collect all of the supplies and we come back to do it and we're like, right, yep, this is not going the way that I thought it was going to go. It's either taking so much longer than we expected or it's so much harder and so we just stop. And at first we may tell ourselves, oh, I just need to take a break from it. And valid, that can be a good thing to do sometimes. But when that break goes from minutes to hours to days to weeks to months to maybe even years, there's a problem, isn't there? We get to a point where we're avoiding finishing that project And life isn't as good as it could be, is it? Mm. This morning, we're going to continue um, in the book of Hosea. As I said, we're going to be in chapter 10, and I'm going to read verses 11 and 12. And it says, Ephraim is a trained heifer that loves to thresh. So I will put a yoke on her fair neck. I will drive Ephraim. Judah must plow. And Jacob must break up the ground. Sow for yourselves righteousness, reap the fruit of unfailing love, and break up your unplowed ground. For it is time to seek the Lord until he comes and showers righteousness on you. So as I mentioned, God's talking to the Israelites. There were 12 tribes, and those 12 tribes were really one great big happy family. Well, maybe not so happy um, because eventually they started fighting amongst themselves and they ended up splitting up into two different groups and their land was divided into the northern kingdom and the southern kingdom. And the northern kingdom was Ephraim. That was one of the tribes that was there. And Judah was in the south. And so when God is talking to, is naming both of these and Jacob, he's saying, I'm talking to all of you. It isn't just one group of you. I'm talking to all of you here. And he starts with Ephraim and he says, you're like a trained heifer, a cow. Not something I would like to be called. (laughs) I remember as a preteen and as a teen, one of the biggest insults you could hurl at another girl was call her a cow. And that's what God's doing here. He's saying, you're a cow. And not only are you a cow, you are a cow that's got the easiest job. The job of threshing. Cows that were used for threshing were attached to a harness that um, connected to a sled, a heavy sled. And the sled, the cow would drag over stalks of grain and then the kernels would fall off of the stalks. It was easy because they were also attached to a pole and they would go around in a circle, like this pole was attached to a post in the center And so it was mindless. They didn't even have to think. They just had to walk. Walk and walk and walk and walk. And even better, 
They got to eat. They got to eat while they were working. Huh. Almost sounds pretty good to be a cow right now, doesn't it? <laughs> but God is saying to them, he's saying you've had it easy too long. You've been mindless, just going through the motions. And now it's time to get to work. Instead of threshing, you need to plow. Pulling a blade of a plow is hard enough on a field that has been already cleared for crops. But that's not what God is saying here. He says, break up your unplowed ground. You know that field with the rocks and the weeds and the paths in it that's all been trampled down? That one you've been avoiding? Yeah, that one. You need to stop mindlessly, carelessly going through life. It was time to stop doing their own thing and to seek God and to obey him so they could have a good life. It's like that unfinished project that I was talking about. Their field was like that unfinished project. You know it's there and you want to avoid it. You may need a professional to help you finish the job, right? And it might even be more expensive because you actually made it worse with what you did, which is embarrassing. Or maybe it's embarrassing because you've just failed again. But what happens when we leave it undone? What happens when we keep avoiding those things in our lives? You see, life isn't as good as it could be because we can't use that Thing, right that we were making we can't use that room the car is not going to work as well and God is saying to Israel and to us it can't be good your life cannot be good if you just keep on avoiding what the problem really is and when we do that avoiding we're left with this icky, yucky, nasty feeling, aren't we? We truly cannot have a good life. And God is telling the Israelites and us to stop avoiding him, to start seeking him, to start obeying him. Because we're not going to have the life that he really wants for us until we do. The end of verse 12 says, It is time to seek the Lord until he comes and showers righteousness on you. A good life requires a radically repentant and obedient 
God is calling Israel out. And he's calling us out too. God is saying, you've been taking the easy route for far too long and it's time to change. You say you're following me, but are you? Or are you just going in circles, munching away without thinking about what you're doing? Or is it like that unfinished project and you just kind of push it aside and avoid it? You say, no, it's time to dig in and do the hard work. It's time to seek me. It's time to obey me. You come to church and you listen, but nothing changes. You just keep acting the same way. And that's not all. You read your Bible at home or in your small group. And I show you something, something that needs needs to change. But you're like, mm, I don't know. Nah, that's going to be a lot of work. That's, that's going to be hard. It's easier to just keep on being selfish and putting myself first instead of my spouse, my kids, my siblings, my friends. You fill in the blank. It is easier to just keep on hating that person that hurt me. It's easier to just keep lying about the hours that I'm working from home or what I'm spending my money on. It's easier to just keep on gossiping with my friends. It's easy. It's easy to just keep on bending the rules like speeding and bending the COVID restrictions. It's easier to just keep taking those longer breaks at work with my friends. It's easier to just keep using food, alcohol, praise from other people, porn, some kind of drug. You fill in the blank. You know what it is. That thing that, that you use for comfort or for a little pump me up. You know what it is. We can't hide it from God. He sees this stuff. He sees that our hearts have become hard and that it needs to be broken up like that field, that unplowed field. Our disobedience is like the rocks and the weeds that need to be removed in order for the field our hearts, our lives, to be useful and productive again. God's pleading with us. Don't do it. Don't keep avoiding it. Your life, like that field or unfinished project, is never going to be good until you do something. Until, until, this is hard, isn't it? Maybe you're like me, and at the beginning, 
the wrong thing didn't seem like such a big deal. Just once. Then, before we knew it, we were doing it all the time, and it became harder and harder to stop. Hard to change. And that's what happened to Israel. They had slowly started doing things their way. I'm sure they just said to themselves, just this once. That, that's it. I'm just going to do it this one time, and then I'm going to get back to what God wants. But as time went on, they did less of what God wanted and more of what they wanted. I had become like Israel. Have you? Good at avoiding the problem and comfortable with living with brokenness. I needed a refresh. A good life requires a radically repentant and obedient heart. Repentance is a word that we hear often in church. Repentance is what God's asking the Israelites to do when he says, break up that unplowed ground. It was the only thing that would make their unplowed field of their lives good again. Repentance is the only thing that will refresh us and give us a good life. And repentance is a process. The first thing that we have to do is we have to admit that we're wrong. It means we have to stop avoiding. You know, when we're using that analogy of the unfinished project, it's like calling the expert, the plumber, the carpenter, the mechanic. We have to say, I messed up. I do not have what it takes. I can't actually do this. And actually, uh, it's worse than that. I've been doing it all wrong. It's saying, help. It's moving from avoidance and denial to acknowledging we are wrong. Proverbs, I'm going to go there, Proverbs chapter 28 and verse 13. It says this, He who conceals his sins does not prosper, but whoever confesses and renounces them finds mercy. And in 1 John 1, 8, it says, If we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves. We have to stop avoiding what's going on. We have to stop deceiving ourselves to have refresh. The second thing is we have to ask for forgiveness. In 1 John 1, 9, it says, If we confess our sins, what we have done wrong, He, God, is faithful and just and will forgive us and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Don't avoid it. Instead, come to God and say, I've messed up. That's the admitting. And then we need to say, forgive me. I want to change. Help me change. And change is that last step of repentance. 
You see, repentance isn't real unless there really is a change of heart. And a change of heart creates a change in our behavior. You see, God cleans us up when we ask for forgiveness. But we have to follow that up with action. We have to do what Hosea 10.12 says. We must seek the Lord. And when our heart is changed, when we are clean, and we're seeking God, we will want to obey him. John says, this is love for God, to obey his commands. Repentance is real when there is a change. We become obedient through repentance, and that leads to a good life. We will reap the fruit of unfailing love that Hosea talks about in verse 12. James in the New Testament says, Whoever looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues in it, not forgetting what they have heard, but doing it, they will be blessed in what they do. Looking for a refresh? It comes with repentance and obedience. A good life requires a radically repentant and obedient heart. This week, to help us remember that's what we need for, for a refresh. I want you to write on your mirror, your window, or maybe you want to change the background of a device. Whatever it is that you do to help you to remember this during the week. I want you to write there, radical heart. Radical heart. A heart that is willing to repent, a heart that is willing to obey. Because a good life does require a radical and repentant, obedient heart. Thanks for listening and being part of our church and joining us in this journey to become down to earth people following Jesus in down-to-earth ways. Mm-hmm.